Yeah, 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 we know medical care requires informed consent, but laws require informed consent, politics, entrepreneurship, how you engage in your diet, health, exercise, even relationships. These all require a place of being informed, and I am so sick of being called a conspiracy theorist for using my brain and being informed. So that's how this podcast came to life. This is Informed Consent. I'm your host, Brooke Bocci. Let's start talking. For almost 10 years now, I have been extremely passionate about information and making informed decisions. And one of those conversations that I am the most passionate about that I truly don't feel like gives enough informed consent is the subject around vaccines. And that is literally the entire reason why I started my own podcast was because I started getting silenced. I literally can't even say the word vaccine on social media without getting censored, without getting that little notification from the CDC, basically telling me like, here's vaccine information. Like you can't, that's like a swear word on social media. And I I haven't had it because to me, if they're trying to censor certain information, what, what are you trying to hide? And with that being said, I started a podcast because I felt that this information needed to get out. And I have spent years and years and years. I have binders, thick, thick, thick binders, five or six binders on research that I put together on the subject on vaccines, on every single one that we are supposed to get, on ingredients, on the differences between the disease we poke for and the actual risk of that poke. And I truly, it just truly breaks my heart that people aren't fully educated. Now, I am not here to say what you should or should not do. I have never been, and I hope you understand if you've truly listened to my podcasts, you know that I'm not here to tell you what to do. I try as much as I can while yes, I have my personal opinions, but I try as best as I can to just share the information and to let you make that informed decision from the information and the sources that I I include. I encourage you to do your own research. I encourage you to ask questions, but I understand that it's a really hard, it's a really hard conversation to navigate when it comes to trying to know what information to find. And so I started this podcast and I did an entire series on the entire schedule on each specific one we poke for each disease, all the ingredients. There's 19 up to this date. There's 19 episodes in that series. If you have not listened to it yet, I encourage you to listen to it if you want to be a little bit more informed and challenged to ask and research a little bit more on the schedule. But with that being said, a specific shot that I have not addressed in my series yet, and that I have not talked about on this podcast that I have been getting a lot of requests for, and there is one specific shot that I have not addressed that relates more to the mother and to the baby, and I think it's important that we talk about it. I didn't do as much research on this because I didn't know much about it, but as we're navigating, hopefully becoming parents soon and having to make the decision of whether we want to get this or not, or whether I want to get this or not, I have been doing more research on it. And I want to bring that research to this show as I always do. And so I want to take some time this week and talk about the Rogam and share what I always do, the pros, the cons, the risks, the rewards, the ingredients, 
everything that you could know. And as I always do, I'm going to include all of the sources in the show notes. And I challenge you to not just listen to me, to not just listen to your doctor, to do your own research. And so I'm going to include as much as I can in the show notes to challenge you to learn more. But before we get into it, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of this show. Wellness is a very hot topic today, especially trying to find nourishing products to help you get above the wellness line. We we live in a day and age where so many things are greenwashed and there are so many quote unquote healthy things on the shelves, but are they really? I have found a company that I'm very passionate about. They're called Earthly Wellness. Earthly Wellness is a family-owned business ran by an herbalist, and they offer education, herbal remedies, and more. What I love about Earthly is not only do they stand for clean, safe, and affordable remedies, but they also stand for medical freedom, which we all know how passionate I am about that. They support homeschooling, support full knowledge, and they also believe that education is empowering. At Earthly, they have herbal plant-based products based around so many different categories, such as body and skin care, herbal remedies for your gut health, colds, allergies, pains, stomach health, even detoxing stress and sleep, vitamins, minerals, even hormonal support products. They do not and will not compromise their ingredients. Every single thing on their label is recognizable and they do everything themselves with zero outsourcing to third parties. It's important to them that they know that the products they offer are truly clean. They have simple, easy to read ingredients along with providing that with great deal of education. I have been super pleased with the last few months that I have been trying earthly products. Specifically, I take their magnesium good night rub that helps me sleep good at nighttime. I'm taking their nourish me naturally women's herbal supplement, as well as the fertility boost to help boost my fertility. And I have been super pleased with what I have been trying. There's also some other great remedies like feel better fast when you're not feeling good. They have a great elderberry elixir, even vitamin D cream. So many wonderful clean products that I have just been loving. And I'm so excited to offer a 10% off discount code to you guys. If you are interested in trying or checking out Earthly Wellness, you can just go to earthly.com. That's spelled E-A-R-T-H-L-E-Y.com and learn all about their products. Check out all of the different supplements, skin and body care, and even herbal remedies that they have and learn about their company in itself. And if you want to save 10% off, just use code BROOK10, that's B-R-O-O-K-E-10 at checkout to save you 10% off your order. So what is the Rogam? The Rogam is a human immune globulin injection indicated for the use of preventing RH immunization when an RH negative mother creates antibodies to an RH positive blood. It is created from pooled blood donors that contain antibodies and commonly recommended to pregnant women that have RH negative blood during 26 to 28 weeks gestation. So I want to go over some terms that I think is important to know before we go into all the details of this shot. So RH factor. So the rhesus factor RH is an inherited protein found on the surface of red blood cells. If your blood type is positive, then your blood cells have the RH protein and you are RH positive. If your blood type is negative, then you do not have the RH protein and are RH negative. RH sensitization. This is 
the main concern of why we get the rogam. So this is essentially when RH negative mothers have developed antibodies to RH positive blood. This is only determined via blood tests and can be done during your first prenatal appointment. Per the manufacturer, rogam is used if the mother is not already sensitized. RH incompatibility. So this is a condition that can develop when a pregnant woman has RH negative blood and the baby in her womb has RH positive blood. During pregnancy, red blood cells from the unborn baby can cross into the mother's blood and become sensitized. This can occur due to an invasive prenatal tests, trauma, or during birth. If sensitized, the mother's immune system can make antibodies against the fetal blood cells. Firstborn infants are not affected unless the mother had has past miscarriages or abortions. So while rogam is an immunoglobulin, it in nature, it is meant to alter immune response. So scientists and developers refer to it as a vaccine. Rogam is a human gamma globulin antibodies that is directed against the RH positive factor of blood. It is given to RH negative mothers who give birth to RH positive babies or RH negative mothers in general during pregnancy. The shot is designed to prevent these moms from becoming sensitized to the baby's RH positive blood. Once the mom becomes sensitized to this RH factor, there is a possibility of the mom's immune system destroying the red blood cells of her next child. Historically, babies born after mom's immune system destroyed their blood cells acquire hemolytic disease of the newborn, HDN. These babies require exchange transfusions after they're born. Such transfusions can now be done in utero. So essentially... If you are RH negative, or if you have O negative, A negative, B negative, or AB negative blood type, you are RH negative, and you will be expected to receive Rogam after delivery and now during pregnancy. And while when we hear that the blood cells that are being attacked possibly from an RH positive baby, say your firstborn baby, and how that could affect your future baby. When we, we hear about that and that's alarming and we think, okay, yes, we must get this. But I always challenge us to do a little bit more research and to dig a little bit deeper. So let's do that. So to prevent RH negative moms from becoming sensitized to their baby's RH positive blood, Rogam is usually given within 72 hours after birth of the RH positive baby. There is a likelihood of the baby blood only 15 milliliters is needed mixing with the mom's blood during the birth process when the placental membrane breaks down. During pregnancy, there is no mixing of the mother's blood with the baby's blood. Interesting. Hold that thought. Giving mom Rogam after the baby's birth is sufficient to reduce the risk of HDN in her next child to about 1% to 2%. Rogam is also indicated if the mom has had an abortion, either natural or induced, or has abdominal trauma or prior miscarriages. Given Rogam during pregnancy can reduce the risk of HDN by less than 1%. It is doubtful that the slight benefit acquired by giving Rogam during pregnancy outweighs the risks to the fetus of the injection. So we are going to give an injection to potentially reduce the risks of HDN in your future child by one to two percent. 
I also think it should be noted that we shouldn't be giving this very specific blood product to mothers who give birth to an RH negative baby. But the medical system and the medical model of care doesn't take any of that into account because, you know, how could this vaccine be harmful? Well, let's kind of go into it. This vaccine was actually developed in the late 1960s. And again, what it essentially is doing is it's putting a small amount of an RH antibody into the mother's blood to effectively fool it into thinking the foreign RH protein has been eliminated. While the Rogam might work, but only if the immunoglobulin is administered within 72 hours of the trauma that caused the blood mixing in the first place. How do you know that during a 40-week gestation, when or if any blood mixing occurred, unless there is a direct event like a car wreck or a fall, and there isn't, which is why this Rogam shot is actually now suggested to be given at 28 weeks, and again, sometimes at 36 weeks. So this originally started to just be given following delivery, and now it is given following delivery and during pregnancy. Okay, but if this is protecting our children and if this is protecting our future children, what is the problem with giving the Rogam during pregnancy if it's just an immunoglobulin? Well, it is not just an immunoglobulin. This is a vaccine that contains toxic ingredients. And one of those ingredients that is commonly found, not in all of the versions of it, but in most of them is thimerosal, which is a type of mercury. It is a mercury compound that is a very, very common preservative used in many different vaccines. And there's just something that I want to ask you to really think about. Why is it that pregnant women need to stay away from certain types of fish or shrimp because of high mercury levels, but yet we can inject it into our body, no problem. You might ask, well, there was clinical safety trials that were done to see the effects on women and what this does on women. And I want to tell you that that is not true. In fact, the clinical trial to approve Rogam especially for use in pregnant women, was actually given to 178 participants. 176 of them were men. Think about that. And then the second trial that was done was given to 44 individuals, all of which were men. So how can you inject pregnant women with not only mercury, thimerosal, but also polyosorbate 80, which is another harmful substance, when you haven't even tested it on pregnant women to know how safe it truly is. I've spent a lot of time on this show talking about thimerosal and talking about polyosorbate 82 ingredients of this specific vaccine that are in many vaccines. So if you have not yet listened to my episode that's titled Know Your Ingredients, then I challenge you to go back and listen to that. I'm not going to go into detail with that here, but again, Why would we inject a pregnant woman with one of the most toxic substances on earth, which is mercury, when you are literally told to stay away from mercury during pregnancy? In fact, the high mercury content of the Rogam preparation can have serious neurological consequences on the developing fetus. A hair analysis of unvaccinated children born from moms injected with Rogam demonstrates the the presence of mercury. In fact, the PDR cautions that the use of Rogam during pregnancy can have adverse effects on the fetus. The high mercury content of the Rogam preparation can have serious neurological consequences on the developing fetus. 
it is essential that these babies seek appropriate medical care to remove this mercury as soon as possible. And it makes you wonder how many babies have suffered permanent damage due to mercury toxicity from the desire to reduce the risk of HDM by less than 1% by injecting pregnant mothers. Again, I, I am not here to tell you that you shouldn't get this or that this is not the absolute thing that you need if you are RH negative and have an RH positive baby for your future children. But I also want to challenge you to research and learn what effects that this could have on your current child, that developing fetus that is growing into your body, what's what's the risk? And that's the information that we aren't given. We are just told all the scary things about if we don't get it and not about the scary things that if we do get it. Rogam actually started being used during pregnancy in the United States in the late 1980s. And again, before that, it was just given immediately after birth. Many women get multiple Rogam shots now during pregnancy without a second thought from their OB. Breaking down a little bit more information on this that I think is important to know about. So a very important point on the Rogam is that the antibodies attack all RH positive cells. If the mother's blood mixes with the baby's blood, the antibodies will neutralize the baby's blood cells before the mother can create her own antibodies against it. The dilemma is that if the mother's and baby's blood does actually mix, it is equally likely that the Rogam antibodies will cross over and attack the baby itself. This happens frequently, but isn't discussed by most doctors. And this is actually the biggest reason to only get the shot after pregnancy if and only if the baby really is Rh positive, the Rogam antibodies will attach to your baby's blood cells and render them incapable of delivering oxygen, and this has the long-term consequences on brain development. The Rogam antibodies do not cross the placenta, but neither do blood cells from the baby, which is exactly why the Rogam is injected. In very rare circumstances, such as the mother becoming injured, the blood of the baby and the the blood of the mother and baby can mix. And it's kind of a paradox, right? Only when the antibodies are needed, can they harm the baby. The Rogam antibodies are put there to attack any baby's blood that comes across. But if there is mixing, then the antibodies go across the other way and do exactly that. Antibodies diffuse much more readily through the bloodstream than whole cells. Immunology textbooks actually still point out that Rogam should only be given after childbirth if the baby is RH positive. These are the mothers that are at high risk. However, the company that manufactures Rogam lobbied to have its use explained to all RH negative mothers during and after pregnancy to guarantee that all high risk mothers were protected. In fact, Europe only administers after pregnancy. During pregnancy was a decision that was made by the manufacturers really truly to make money. So again, going into the safety concern for injecting during pregnancy, does it make sense to inject antibodies into the mother's bloodstream that are designed for the sole purpose to eliminate cells of the baby? There are numerous case reports of babies being born anoxic and asphyxiated because the Rogam antibodies cross the placenta during the gestation period. This is not the only safety concern with the injection, but the most obvious. The reason 
that is a risk for RH negative mothers to carry RH positive babies that the mother could produce antibodies to her own child. If those antibodies are in her blood while she is pregnant, there is a small chance that they will come into contact with and harm the baby. Rogam during pregnancy guarantees those antibodies will be there. It does not matter if the mother made the antibodies or if they were injected. The baby is now at risk for attack of RH positive antibodies. Rogam antibodies against the baby and antibodies produced by the RH negative mother are identical. If the whole point is to prevent these antibodies from circulating in the mother during pregnancy, why on earth would we want to inject them into the mother when she's pregnant? The antibodies are intended to protect the second pregnancy, once again, by preventing sensitization. If sensitization were to occur and the second baby were to be RH positive, then once again, you would have antibodies circulating in your blood against your own baby. There would only be a problem if the blood mixed. Problem really that a lot of education that is truly out there is showing that injecting Roam during gestation, you are getting protection for your second pregnancy, potentially at the expense of your first. If you put Rogam antibodies into your body during your first pregnancy, you are putting antibodies against your baby into your bloodstream, where if blood mixing does occur, those antibodies will attack your baby. This is exactly what you are trying to avoid for the second pregnancy. So in all reality, you are protecting your second pregnancy from the antibodies by injecting them into yourself during the first pregnancy. So a lot of people argue that if you inject Rogam during your first pregnancy, you will prevent a potentially harmful situation for your next pregnancy by causing the exact same harmful situation in your first pregnancy. Before talking about different options you have, I want to open up the insert of the Rogam and kind of break that down. So some things that are listed on the insert. So Rofalac is used to prevent an immune response to RH positive blood in people with an RH negative blood type. So this can cause in suppression of RH isoimmunization. It has been in this insert states it causes nausea, vomiting, dizziness, headaches, injection site pain, vertigo, chills, hypotension, tachycardia, rash, arrhythmia, back pain, hives, diarrhea, increased body temperature. In ITP, it can cause chills, increased body temperature, headache, mild extravascular hemolysis, anemia, acute renal insufficiency, and even death. ITP is a disorder that can lead to easy or excessive bruising and bleeding. The bleeding results from unusually low levels of platelets that the cells that essentially help clot blood. ITP is actually listed as an adverse reaction to the varicella vaccine, which is the chickenpox shot. So what other reactions have been reported to the FDA through this vaccine? Well, premature baby, depression, autism spectrum disorder, drug ineffectiveness, maternal drug affecting the fetus, hemorrhaging, metal poisoning, spontaneous abortion, lactic acidosis, and even vasoconstriction syndrome. So the main concern, let's go back to the main concern, right? The mother, if a mother is RH negative and her immune system reacts to RH negative positive fetal cells as if they were a foreign substance, the mother's body therefore makes antibodies 
against the fetal blood cells. These antibodies may cross back through the placenta into the developing baby, and that could destroy the circulating baby's blood cells. When the red blood cells are broken down, they make bilirubin, and this causes an infant to become yellow or jaundice. The level of bilirubin in the infant's blood may range from mild to dangerously high. What's very important to add that I also think needs to be evaluated when we talk about this is that it is very well known within the medical community that mom and baby have two completely different circulatory systems. The placenta acts as a barrier between mom's blood and baby's blood. Exchange of nutrients, but no exchange of blood. So the idea that we are going to be introducing mom and baby's blood into each other during during gestation is is very flawed but not when we think about the new age of medical and and medical birth and the medical system and all the different interventions and, and why all of a sudden blood is mixing and then we sit there and look at what's changed the many medical interventions during birth like cord traction and manual placental removal use of forceps surgical birth abortions and just so many of these different interventions, these are all risks for breaching the barrier of the two circulatory systems. See how this problem can be largely created by modern medicine and its birth interventions. But in so many ways, we see like create the problem, solve the solution. Right now, granted, we understand that this has not been around for a long time, but you ask our parents or you ask our grandparents, did they ever get this? And did they ever need this? And were they okay? Were their children okay if they were exposed? And most of them will tell you they never even heard of this. And we ask, well, what happens if you were RH negative and your kid was RH positive? Well, we look and we see that there was so much less risk of exposure because of such limited interventions. The medical industry in so many ways, I think is so beautiful, but in so many ways, it causes other issues for people that otherwise wouldn't have had issues. So if a RH incompatibility causes issues with your baby, what are from ranging from mildest to the most severe? What are some notices? What are some things that you can notice? So after birth, the infant may have yellowing of the skin or whites of the eyes known as jaundice may also have low muscle tone and lethargy infants with a more mild rh incompatibility may be treated with phototherapy using bilirubin lights iv immunoglobulin may also be used for infants severely affected an exchange transfusion of blood may be needed this is to decrease the levels of bilirubin in the blood Full recovery is expected for mild RH incompatibility. Major complications include brain damage due to the high levels of bilirubin, fluid buildup and swelling in the baby, problems with mental function, movement, hearing, speech, and seizures. We, we hear this, right? These are concerns. These are real concerns. But again, there are options and it's important to weigh the risks and to weigh the rewards. So I want to talk about what options that you can do. First off, get your blood tested. If you are RH positive, you do not have to worry about anything. If you are RH negative, there are some ways to make an educated and empowered decision about the rogam injections. 
Number one, find out the father's blood type. If the father is RH negative, then you do not need Rogan because the baby will also be RH negative and there is no risk of RH incompatibility. Ask if RH antibodies were screened in your blood test. This is important if you've had a previous miscarriage, abortion, or birth. If you do not have antibodies to RH positive blood, then you are not sensitized. If you do have antibodies, Rogam is not indicated for your use. Per the manufacturer, Rogam is only indicated for RH negative women who were not previously sensitized. Interesting. If the father is RH positive and you do have RH positive antibodies present, then there is a possibility of RH incompatibility. One way to avoid mixing the blood is to decline invasive prenatal tests like aminocentesis, coronic volus sampling, and cortocentesis. Avoid injury to the abdomen during pregnancy and contact your healthcare provider if you have any vaginal bleeding while pregnant. Another option is to find out the baby's blood type after birth and test for RH positive antibodies to make an informed decision if you get pregnant again. I think it's so important to talk about and to address that these studies and that the design for this shot was to be given after birth. After you find out if that baby you just delivered has RH positive or RH negative blood types, you have options right? You have options. You have different things that you can do and different options that isn't putting you or your child at risk. And I think it is so important to make that educated decision and to not just get bullied into the fact that you have to do something because at the end of the day, you don't have to do something, especially pregnant when you don't know the side effects, when you don't know the risks and Unfortunately, there are many testimonies that are showing some really negative side effects. And in fact, the Cochrane Review did an analysis of studies that showed minimal benefit during pregnancy and even states the few studies that were done were really, really, really old and very biased. The initial Cochrane Review done in 1995 stated there needed to be more research to conclusively state its safety and effectiveness. And yet, Over 25 years later, there is no new research and the same conclusion. Rogam is also a class C medication. And a quick Google search will tell you that a category C medication means that animal reproductive studies have shown an adverse effect on the fetus and there are no adequate and well-controlled studies in humans, but potential benefits may warrant use of the drug in pregnant women despite potential risks. So there's a lot of information here. And a lot of information I'm going to include in the show notes because I am still learning on this subject. I am not an expert in this topic, nor am I an expert in any topic, but I think this topic is important to know about and understand. And and like I said, there's so many pros and cons for you to weigh. And I also think that it's important to know the tr- to, to know what it can be affecting your child as well if you choose to get this during pregnancy. Because at the end of the day, only you know what to do and you know what's best for your family. Not me, not your doctor, not your mother, not your aunt Sally, not some random girl on social media. You're the one who knows what to do and you're the one who makes the decisions. 
but I hope all those decisions come from a place of being informed. So I hope this episode was helpful. Again, kind of jumping way, way out of order, going back into another vaccine conversation series, but I have been getting requested from many, many people to talk about this. So I hope that this was somewhat helpful and not totally scatterbrained, but that's kind of how my research is. It's all over the place. So if you have enjoyed this episode and you haven't yet listened to my vaccine series, I challenge you to go back and listen to that because there's so much great information on ingredients and studies and the schedule that a lot of people don't fully know. So thank you for tuning in as always, and I'll be back next week with another episode of Informed Consent.